Let's read Ecclesiastes first. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'll give you a moment to find that. If you're at home, please find that. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. The message today is a time for war. I take up a patriotic theme today as we talk about Memorial Day. I'll give you some facts about that. And then we'll look at the scripture about what the Bible says about war. In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about war. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. There is an appointed time for everything. There's a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. Time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. I guess we're in that time right now to shun embracing, right? Then verse 6, a time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. You look at that and you say, oh, we should never hate. Well, the Bible said there's things that God hates. We should hate what he hates. But notice this last one. A time for war. A time for war. And a time for peace. May God bless his reading of his word to our hearts. A time for war. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. We have these beautiful flags out front. We've sung this beautiful song, God Bless America. Tomorrow is a day designated, and you, you boys, listen, a time when we honor those who have died, those who have died in war for our freedoms. We honor our war dead. Now, some of us will cook out and relax, and that is very much in order but I would hope sometime in your tomorrow that you will take a time, take time to remember that the reason we can cook out and the reason we can relax, the reason we can come and worship, the, we, the reason that we have the liberties we have is because someone has spilled their blood to give the freedoms that we so enjoy today. Memorial Day itself officially began May 5th. 1868, by General John Logan, National Commander of the Grand Army of the Republic, in his General Order Number 11, and was first observed officially May 30th, 1868, when flowers were placed on the graves of Union and Confederate soldiers at Arlington Cemetery. The first state to officially recognize the holiday was New York in 1873. By 1890, it was recognized by all the northern states. The southern states refused to acknowledge the day, honoring the de the, their dead on a separate day until World War I, when the holiday was changed from honoring just those who fought in the, and died in the Civil War to honoring all Americans who died 
in any war. It's now celebrated on the last Monday in May, passed by Congress with the National Holiday Act of 1971. And I think it would be very much in order for us to pause and to think about that just a moment. Just think about that a moment. Those who never came home. Those young men who wanted to get married, have children, have a future. They never came home. Sons never came home. Grandsons, men and women. Let's think about that. Memorial Day is a day of remembrance. The truth is no one will ever know the exact numbers, though we know generally. How many know that only God knows the numbers? Because every person is important in the sight of God, and nothing goes outside of His great knowledge. But what we do know, our best number, this includes Afghanistan, is total dead of all wars, 1,343. 812, and that's probably not accurate exactly. It's, probably, it's more than that now. Total wounded in all wars, 1,500,000 plus. Almost 3 million American men and women have either died and been wounded in wars. This is a day tomorrow, Memorial Day, is a time to remember. It's also a time to reflect. It's a time to reflect that our cause of freedom... To those who have spilled their blood. What language will we be speaking today if those brave men and women had not fought? They were scared just like you and I would have been scared. They wanted to live just like you and I wanted to live. Families in a future. They had families. They had parents. They had spouses. They had children. They had grandchildren just like we have. They served they gave their life for liberty and the pursuit of happiness, just like we do today. Over three million today, I think, are either active or reserve in our nation, our military, over three million. Today we have about, and these are rough numbers, about 25 million veterans living in this land. And today we sit in this church house because of people like that who have served and those who have given their life. It's a time of reflection Memorial Day is also a time of thanksgiving. Would you agree that we're a blessed nation? I think we're the most blessed nation. And the, the blessing on this nation is what most, most all of us have known is blessing. I don't know about World War I. I don't know about World War II. I don't know about the Great Depression. I am standing here today living off the residual blessing of what others have paid for. I'm very grateful for that. I think we take it for granted in, in many, many ways. But it purchased by their by their blood. I want to thank those in this room who've served. I know some of you have served in our military. And for you, I am so very grateful. I honor my grandfather today who didn't die in war, but he served his whole adult life as a military man. When I think about my grandfather, he was bigger than life. In fact, they call, he was Mac. Uh, McCall was his last name, my, my mother's father. And uh, McCall, that's her maiden name, McCall. They called him Big Mac. He was a master sergeant, and he was a tough guy, 
But was, that toughness was only exterior. He had a real heart. He loved us kids. And I can remember. Now, when I think of him, I think of, here's my vivid memories. He would take us to the base, Gunner Air Force Base, and we'd get to go spend the day out there sometime. And sometimes we'd get out on that tarmac that they didn't fly planes in there anymore. They didn't World War II, but they, it was just an open place. We'd go out there and fly kites. And, you know, we just, being around military, it's a different life. It's a very, it's a very disciplined life in many ways. And so, but I remember my grandfather, he would take us out there. I can remember just on the other side of the fence from his, his office where he worked was a train track and that train would come through and we'd get so excited. What is it about a train? I don't know. But I can remember early in the morning while it was still dark outside, I can remember getting up at my, spending the night with my grandmother and grandfather. And I remember looking down at the other end of that den and my grandfather would be there. He'd have his fatigues on. He'd have, uh, his belt, his fatigues, he'd have a, a tank top t-shirt on, like a lot of military people wear, and he'd be smoking a cigarette, he'd be reading the paper and drinking a cup of coffee. And that's just vivid in my mind. You know, those old cigarettes caught up with him. He died of cancer in 1972. Caught up with him. But military, my dad served in the military. My brother served in the military. I was actually born on an Air Force base. I have a deep respect for our military. I'm blessed. Aren't you blessed today? I'm grateful today for the courage of our military, those who've sacrificed. The motto, who, remember, was it Patrick Henry? Give me liberty or give me death. And all over this world, think about this, all over this world, crosses with the bones of American soldiers, men and women both, all over this world, from Normandy to the South Pacific to the North, uh, North Africa and Arlington Cemetery to, the, to the, un, the tomb, they call them the tombs of the unknown. One, the tomb of the unknown soldier. And on that tomb it says this, Here rest, here rest in honored glory an American soldier known only to God. And the willingness of our nation to sacrifice Sacrifice families, to sacrifice sons, to sacrifice daughters, to sacrifice money, possessions. Time has given us a better nation today and the blessings we have owned. Now think about this. Freedom is a privilege. It's not a right. And that freedom in many ways in our nation today is being misused. There are people, we, we don't have the freedom to do wrong. In the nation, we don't have the freedom to defame the flag and defame the nation. We don't have the freedom. Yes, we have blots on our history. There is no perfect nation. Yes, there's been mistakes and there's blots, but this is our country, and I love this country. And I'm proud to say that I'm American today. I'm an American citizen. New Hampshire has on their license plates this live free or die. Live free. Or die in a nation that won't fight will not stay free very long. In order to live, sometimes men must die. Are you hearing me today? In order to be free, in order to experience and enjoy liberty in this fallen world, sometimes people have to die. Now, if you're going to enlist in our United States military, any branch, there's an oath that you have to take. I'd like to read that oath to you. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. 
that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me, according to the regulations and the uniform code of military justice, so help me God. You men took that oath, didn't you? If you want to be an American citizen, now I was born an American citizen, but I agree with this oath. Here's the oath of citizenship. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereign of whom to which I have hereto, heretofore been a subject or a citizen, that I will support and defend the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by law, that I will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required to by law, that I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required to by law, that I will take this obligation freely without any... uh, mental reservation, or purpose of evasion, so help me God. In acknowledgement thereof, I have hereunto affixed my signature. What an oath. A time for war. War is not something that anyone wants. No rational thinking person would ever want war. But I can tell you that by experience and by the word of God, we know that in this life, there is, according to Ecclesiastes, according to the eternal word of God, there is a time for war. There's a time for physical war. There's also a time for spiritual war. We're, we're, we're a part, as the church We're a part of a spiritual warfare that's going on. Last Wednesday night, I talked about the angels in the spirit realm, both good and evil angels. There's a great warfare that's going on. And no matter, listen, no matter what war it is, there's going to be casualties. In in a physical warfare, there's going to be casualties. Men will die. In a, in a spiritual warfare, in spiritual business, in, in the kingdom of God business, there's also casualties, physical casualties. I remind you that our Savior hung on a bloody cross. I remind you of that today. I remind you of the, the, the nails that were in his hands, the nails that were in his feet, the spear, the, the crown of thorns down upon his brow. I remind you again of the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs, and those who have given their lives to bring us a Bible, those who've given us the, a, a, a history of the Christian church. Yes, there's casualties in war. We have a great spiritual heritage. I want you to consider this today. First of all, war is a necessary thing. Did you hear that? War is a necessary thing. Think about it again. There's a time for war. Do you realize that God taught his people Israel to war? It's a necessary thing in a fallen world. Nothing we want. We shun it at all costs. But there comes a time when there's a time for just wars. Listen to the word of God. Numbers chapter 1, verse 1. Numbers chapter 1, 
verse number one. Then the Lord, the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the, at the, in the tent of meeting on the first day of the second month in the second year that they'd come out of the land of Egypt saying, take a census of all the congregation of the sons of Israel by their families, by their father's households. According to the number of the names, every male, head, uh, head by head, th- uh, from, th- I'm sorry, from 20 years old and upward, whoever is able to go out to war in Israel, you and Aaron shall number them by their armies. Now I want you to know I'm part of the number of God's army. Come on. I can't, I'm, I'm in that number. When I got saved, he, according to the word of God, Brother Jason, he wrote my name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm a part of God's army. Now I regret to say I never had the privilege of serving in the military. I would have loved it. No, I'm telling you, I would have loved it. I love structure. I love, I love clear command, commands and, and order. I love that. I love that. We have, we have a world today, it's all together. We think everyone's the same. No, no, not everyone's the same. God gives different callings and different authorities, and we better know those authorities. You know what Watchman Nee said? This is a little aside. I'll get back to the message. Watchman Nee said this, the most important thing for a child of God is to find where authority is. Mm, that's important. That's a, that's a good thought. Think about this. The Lord wanted Israel to be prepared for war. The Lord wants America to be prepared for war. Do you know we have enemies that want to steal our life, that want to destroy our way of life? There is a hatred in different places around the world against the United States of America. I think it's more of a spiritual warfare than anything else, though they don't know that. Though they, they're blind to that. God said when the men were old enough, they were, be, they were to be prepared to go to war. My father, who may be watching but my father has said this ever since I can remember. My dad says this, and by the way, I, I concur. I agree with this wholeheartedly. He said, I believe and I wish that every young man was, by law, had to serve two years in the United States military. It should be law, just like it is in Israel today. We were in Israel and I saw a young man. I got to talking to him. I said, where are you from? Connecticut. I said, Connecticut? He said, yeah, but, but I'm, a, I'm an Israeli citizen, and I'm here serving my two years in the military. And you could tell he was proud to do it. He lives in America, dual, dual citizenship, but he's going to fulfill his duty. My dad has said for years that it ought to be law that every young man at a certain age, 18 or whatever, should serve two years in the United States military, some branch. You know what I believe? I believe that, that our nation would be very much, much more disciplined. What would happen to these young men who could learn to take orders, who could learn to finish things, who could learn to do hard things, who could learn to, to have order in their life? What would marriages be like? What would raising children be like? What would our homes, I can tell you, all it would be is better because discipline will help you get to your destiny and reach your goals. Our nation would be very different. Our nation would be, I think, even more productive. God taught Israel to war. Do you realize that God taught David to war? Look at Psalms 144, verse 1. 144 Psalms, verse 1. Bless me, the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands to war and my fingers for battle. Who's doing the training? God is. 
Blessed be God, my rock. He who trains my hands for war and my fingers to do battle. Don't ever believe that spiritual men cannot be great warriors. Some of the greatest fighting men the world has ever known have been men that loved Jesus Christ. Men that carried Bibles with them on the battlefield. Men were there when the, when the bullets were all flinging. They were there with the Holy Spirit courage in their hearts. David, one of the most spiritual men the world has ever known. He could write Psalms 23. He could write Psalms 34. He would walk with God. He would talk with God. He would hear from God. He would fight battles for God. Don't you let the enemy lie to you and say that spiritual men are cowards. No, spiritual men are the most courageous men. They're willing to die for a cause. It was David that went out as a teenager to face Goliath. Just a boy. Where are those young men today? You tell me. Where is that stripe of young men today? He'll say, I won't do pornography. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm a warrior. I'm not going to go out and drink and party and sleep around. Why? I'm God's warrior. I'm God's man. Where is that kind of young men today? We've got a whole generation that bought in to the lesser way. This is, come on, this is the higher way. Give us some mighty young men and women. Give us some warriors in God. Now I tell you, uh, to my shame, I didn't serve the Lord early in life, but when I came to him, I came all the way. Come on. I came all the way and I'm, God cleaned my life up. He washed me in the blood and I was radical. I was probably more radical then than I was now. Let me tell you a little story, how crazy and radical I was. I was sitting in a high school class and I'd gotten saved. And I, I don't know about you, but I was so sick of sin. I was so sick of darkness. I was so sick of the way that I was living. There was, when, I, when Jesus found me, I, there wasn't anything I wanted to go back to. I promise you. And I was sitting in a high school class. There's a bunch of lost kids around me. And the teacher said, okay, it's time for the assembly. Okay. And then I found out it was going to be a rock concert. Gonna be, they were going to play ACDC, Black Sabbath, and this and that, and I don't know what it was all about. I told my teacher, I'm not going. I said, I quit listening to that stuff. Not, it is a, I'm not talking about a Christian school. I'm talking about secular school. Just like these high, just, I just done. I was done. You ever got done? My, my, my late mother-in-law used to say, get in your belly full. And that just means you're done. And I told the lady, I said, I'm not going. I said, I don't listen to that. I used to listen to it, not listen to it anymore. And then she asked me this, well, what are you going to do? And I thought, well, you're the teacher. What do you? She said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'll just sit here and read. She said, she looked dumbfounded. How I many know the natural man thinks the things of the Spirit of God are foolish? They'll never figure you out. They'll never find why you, while you and I get such joy praying, such joy worshiping Jesus. Such, you mean... You mean you go to church on Sunday morning? You could sleep in. Oh, but if you only knew the wells of living water that we drink from. Come on, church. She said, okay. And I just sat there. All the kids filed out. One, I remember one lady, one girl, mocked to me, said something stupid. And then uh, <clears throat> they marched out, went to their concert. And I just sat there. Why? Because I'm a warrior. How about you? I'm a warrior. How about you? We need, to, we need to stand up. David, as a boy, went out and said, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And then told him what he was going to do to him. I'm going to take your head off today. I'm going to feed you to the birds today. Now listen, if you're in a battle, that's the guy you want with you. 
I don't know if David was big in stature, small in stature, but he was feisty. He could beat a giant. I mean, he was one of them guys. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. I like him. David was known as a warrior. And the reason he was known as a warrior, and, and because of that, the Lord would not allow him to build the temple. Remember this? He said, I want to build the temple. I want to build the place for the ark of God. I want God to have a place. And the Lord said to Nathan, thus says the Lord. No, no, no. Your hands are stained with blood. In other words, you're such a warrior. You've killed so many people and excessive shedding of blood. I don't want that to be connected with my house. I don't want a man of blood to be connected in my house because my house is about peace. But how many of you know the peace comes after the battle? Jesus fought the battle on the cross, and now we have the peace of salvation. But the type had to be perfect. And so what did he do? He said, no, your son Solomon, peace. And, and Solomon never had any wars. It was a time of peace. Think about it. Without our willingness to fight, you're going to be a slave. Right. Numbers 10, 9. Numbers chapter 10, verse 9. When you go out to war against, uh, when you go out to war in your land against the adversary who attacks you, against the adversary who attacks you, then you shall sound the alarm with the trumpets that you may be remembered before the Lord, your God, and be saved from your enemies. America has many enemies that want our demise. They would love to destroy our way of life. They would love to rob us of our freedoms. And without war, we would perish. Where would we be today if we hadn't confronted enemies around the world? Psalm 69.4. Psalm 69.4. Those who hate me without cause are more than my hairs, the hairs of my head. Those who would destroy me are powerful, being wrongfully my enemies, etc. Without our willingness to courageously fight, we would not exist today. In fact, we would speak British today. We would have that British brogue today. We would not be the United States of America. We would be an extension of British, Britain, a British colony. But because they said, no, we, we, we want to be free. We don't want some king dictating over us. We want to worship God. Give me liberty or give me death. And Washington, and they, they fought the Revolutionary War, and now we are free today. Come on, amen. We are free today. Let's think about what we have today. We are free. So war is a necessary thing. We, we, we repel from it. No one wants it. But in this life, there are certain times that it is necessary. Consider this. War is a good thing. There are just wars. Do you believe God is good? Do you know there's a name of God? Listen to this. Do you know God is a man of war? Now think about it. Let's back up. I just asked you a question. Is God good? Yeah, perfect. Everything he's done is good. Even his judgments are part of his love and hatred towards sin. He's perfectly good, perfectly holy in every way. They cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord oh God, God Almighty. Who was and is and is to come, but yet he is called a man of war. Exodus 15, 3 says, the Lord is a warrior. Say that with me out loud. The Lord is a warrior. Say it one more time. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Sometimes war is good. I would say this to us. I'll be quick here. We need to fight for this nation. 
Psalm 9 and 17, the wicked will be turned into Sheol. That's the grave or hell in some translations. The wicked will be turned into hell. Psalms 9 and 17, even the nations who forget God. Let's don't give up on our land. Let's don't give up on the land of the free, the home of the brave. We have enemies. We have enemies without. We have enemies within. We have enemies within. Sin is an enemy within. Unrighteousness is an enemy within. Division is an enemy within. Uh, Abraham Lincoln gave gave a great speech based on the scripture, a house divided will not stand. You ought, to get, you ought to read it. Powerful. A house divided will not stand. They're enemies within. We need to pray for this nation every single day. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. I understand we're not Israel. I understand that was given to Israel, but I want you to know there's this general verse, the nations who forget God. But what about, let's turn that around. What if we remember God? What if we call upon him? What if we pray to him that we repent of, of the immorality in our land, of the greed in our land, of the idolatry in our land. I'm going to tell you any nation, any nation that will turn to God and begin to follow his righteous commands, all of a sudden the blessing of God will come. Family life will come back. Prosperity will come back. It's connected with God. I'll share that in a moment. But we have enemies within. No one can sin against God. Continue to have the blessing of the Lord. There's always consequent. The wages of sin is death. Sin always brings death. Righteousness always brings life. We have outside enemies. Iran is an enemy as well as an enemy to Israel. North Korea is an enemy. Nuclear capable now at some level. That's a crazy little guy over there. That's a crazy dude right there now. Let me tell you. You want a nuke in his hands? <clears throat> Our nukes and, and, and Russia's nukes, they balance out. They keep, they keep everyone honest. Even that duck right there keeps everyone honest. <laughs> I know you're fine. I'm messing with you. <clears throat> they balance out the powers. No, I, I wish no one had them, but I'm glad we have them. Because it balances out the powers. It, 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 it reduces the threat. Who wants to attack a nation like that? We have, uh, <laughs> we have managed. That duck needs to get saved. That's the, that is the, that's the Geico duck right there. Isn't that the Geico duck? I heard that. I've heard that before. Oh, oh yeah. Affleck. Yeah, you can see how much I'm in. Yeah, Affleck. Hey, you that are watching, they're mocking me right now. This is, y'all need to pray for me. This has done got out of hand here. <clears throat> but um, we have these out terrorists, 9-11. Remember that? How soon we forget. <clears throat> Those massive towers standing high, towering above the skyline of Manhattan, lower Manhattan. Seen those towers. Just out of hatred. Flying planes into, into buildings. Innocent people just going to work. Why? Hatred. Terrorist hatred. Thank God. I tell you, there's a lot of stuff over these last many years now that we haven't ever heard. Not another attack like that. You ever wonder why? I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff going on that you'll never know. 
A lot of intelligence, a lot of surveillance that's going on. Thank God, may it remain strong. Why? We have enemies. Enemies against America. We have enemies. And I'm going to hurry here. We, we've got to fight for our faith. I'm preaching out of uh, Jude. Contend for the faith, which was once and all delivered for the saints. The word of God is under attack. Men of God need to... Listen, 2 Timothy 1.14. 2 Timothy 1.14. Guard, he says. Guard. This is guarding. That's guarding, right? You're guarding. You're guarding your quarterback. No, we're guarding the word of God. He says, guard, Timothy, man of God. Look at this. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. The treasure which you has been entrusted to you. How many know the Holy Ghost will never misinterpret this? That's why preachers need to be full of the Spirit of God because the Holy Spirit is the best commentator there is. He will lead us into all truth. Where does error come from? Ministers are not following the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is being compromised, being distorted in many places. The Word of God is being turned into a self-help book. People are filling churches by the thousands, and they're, they're getting self-help. Listen, that is not a self-help book. That is not a success in life book. This is a book of redemption. Listen to me. I cannot help myself. You cannot help yourself. No human being, no matter how noble they are, can help themselves. We need God's help. We need a redeemer. We are lost. We are bankrupt without the, the mercies of God and the blood of Jesus. I want you to know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Say amen. We cannot save ourselves, Ephesians 2. We need a Savior, Hebrews 2, 14, 15. We have a perfect Savior, John 3, 16. We need to turn to God and trust Him alone and completely, Romans 8, uh, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. We need to believe that He is the very Son of God. We believe that He is God in the flesh revealed. We believe that He died on the cross, buried in the tomb, raised on the third day, and we declare that He is Lord of our lives today. This is not a self-help book. This is a redeeming book. This is not a book just about time, though it will help you in time. This is a book that will get you to eternity. Amen. This will get you to God's throne, hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. We need to fight for our Christian heritage. Could you, would you give me just another few minutes here? We need to fight for our Christian heritage. Jeremiah said this, ask for the old paths. Ask for the ancient paths, wherein is the good way. Walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. God wants to give rest to our nation. God wants to give more blessing to our nation, not less. But it said of Israel, they would not walk in it. Do you realize? And you young men need to listen to this. We've had a great Christian heritage in this nation that many young people are completely ignorant of. And the reason is the secularists in some ways have hijacked the educational system. And they, and they, they edit out certain parts of history they want. To edit out, to, to, for, to suit an agenda. They leave out the part about God. They leave out the part about Christian men. They leave out the part about prayer. They leave out the part of the word of God. We have a whole generation that in some ways have been deprived of the great Christian history we have. We're a Christian nation. Our foundation is Christian. Go to Washington, D.C. Go in the Capitol. Go into some of those great buildings. Scriptures are inscribed in stone. The very word of God that this nation was founded on. I'm going to tell you this quickly. Our American freedom is connected with our Christian heritage. It is directly connected. It, without vibrant Christianity in this nation, we will not have our freedoms for that long. 
We will not continue. It is a great mistake to say it's our ingenuity. It's our hard work. It's our inventions. This is why we're blessed. No, I want to declare to you, the Lord has blessed us. The Lord has blessed us. Yes, he's blessed our work. Yes, we're an ingenious people. Yes, we're a hardworking people. But you let God take his hand off this nation and we'll be turned into hell. We need him and we need to call upon his great name. We've got a war for our families. The psalmist said in 78 verse 5, Psalm 78 verse 5, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, listen, that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children. Why? Verse 7, that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, etc. Our families are under attack. Our children are definitely under attack. We have a generation today, and, and forgive me if I'm meddling, a, a, a generation of video watchers. They've got their heads stuck in a video game. It's not helping them. I want you to listen to me. Everybody say muse, M-U-S-E, muse. You know what muse means? Muse, M-U-S-E, means to think deeply about something. You meditate. The Bible talks about meditation. Anything you put an A before is going to cancel it out. So if you are going to get rid of muse, thinking deeply, what do you do? You amuse. Just like millennial, if you want to get rid of millennial, you get a millennial, which is nothing. It's no millennial. So what we have today is in some ways we've canceled out a thinking generation. We've canceled out those who think deeply about issues and meditate on the word of God and which canceled it out. Why? We just put an A before it. A muse. Think about this. We have a generation who've been raised on amusement. They got their heads stuck 24-7 in video games. They're not musing. They're not thinking deeply. We have kids today that can't even come and sit through one church service and just really listen. Because why? Because their minds have been changed. Little, little, instead of thinking and little thinking through, musing, little flashes, little entertainment flashes. Have you noticed how movies have changed? Go back and watch an old movie. There's a plot. You have to think through. There's a plot. Now it's just, it's just, it's just images that just fire the brain. And what's happened, instead of musing and thinking deeply, we've killed a generation of thinkers by amusement. Something to think about. And this entertaining spirit has got in the church. I've heard a kid come out of children's church. First thing the parents ask them, did you have fun today? Is that the right question to ask? What about asking this? What did you learn about Jesus today? What did you learn about the great living God today? What did you learn about salvation today? No, we've so bought into this amusement society that it has killed our spirituality. This is what Jesus said. The thorns will choke out. We've got to fight for our families. Our homes, instead of having the kids stuck in a, in a video game, pull out the word of God. He said they can't handle much. Give them what they can handle till they can handle more. Because he that has, Jesus said, more will be given. What do we want to raise? We need to raise warriors. Are you hearing me, church? And I hope you're hearing me at home. Don't cut me off when I tell you something you don't want to hear. Paul said, don't become my enemy because I tell you the truth. It's the truth. 
We need young people. I mean, how can a 16-year-old boy or girl not know how to read the Bible, not know how to pray, not know how to witness? They can know all the baseball stats, football stats, every, every whatever, every movie star. They may know who Kardashian is, but they, do they know who Moses is? Do they know who John the Baptist is? Do they know who Mary Magdalene is? And I'm going to tell you, we as parents and we as parent, grandparents are given account one day to holy God. He says here, tell them to your children. Tell them to, so they don't forget God. We've got to fight for our families. I'm closing with this. Think about this today. War is a necessary thing. War is a good thing. There are just wars. There's a good fight. I'll close with this. And you probably don't want to hear this, but you need to hear it. It's part of this world. In this world, war is going to be a perpetual thing. It's not going to end until Jesus comes, sets up his kingdom. Exodus 17, 16 says this. And he said, the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. In this life, from time to time, there are going to be wars. It's going to be a perpetual thing. But there is coming a day. Can I read you a great prophetic word? Here it is. Isaiah 2.4. Would you put that up, please? Isaiah 2.4. And he will judge between nations. Our God's going to come. And he's going to judge between the nations. And will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares. And their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation. And never again will they learn war. But until that day, we have to fight. There has to be armies. There has to be preparation. But there's also a spiritual war that we fight. Amen? Hallelujah. Keith and Michael, they're going to sing and then we're going to stand and pray. Let them sing one more song. Oh, Jesus, would you just pray a second? Just close your eyes as they come. Thank you, Jesus.
your spacious skies for amber waves of green for purple mountain majesty above the fruited plain America America God shed his grace on thee and crowned thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea sing America oh America America God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Oh, you crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. I want you to stand with me as we pray for our nation and conclude. Now I want a little longer today than I will next week because we have 9 and 11 and so I'll have to be very purposeful next week. But I wanted to pour out my heart to you. I've had nine weeks to pour out my heart to you to wait. So, so hey, give me a break. We're going to pray for our land. And then we're going to orderly dismiss. We'll let our seniors slip out and then we'll go out after. But Father, today, we know that you love this land. You have used this nation to take more gospel preaching around the world than any nation in the history of the world. We ask you, God, to restore our spiritual heritage. Save us, Lord. Save us from our sin, our immorality. We have violated your commands, Lord. We have turned inward in many ways. Greed has gripped, and it's an idol. But, Lord, we ask you to cleanse our land by your precious blood. Forgive our sins. Bring a spiritual renewal to our land. We pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit today. We pray, God, from the highest to the, to the White House. We pray for President Trump today. We ask you, Father, to continue to turn his heart toward you. Continue to use him to bring in just laws. Lord, I pray, God, that you would sovereignly guide his decision-making processes. Lead us in the ways of righteousness, Lord. I thank you for his heart for the church and his favor for the church of Jesus Christ. We know that is from you. We ask to bless our president and his family today. Bless our vice president. Bless all of our senators on both sides of the aisle. Bless, we pray, our Congress. Lord, help them to understand both sides of the aisle. They hold our nation in, our, in their hands. They hold the decision of our future in their hands. Father, I ask you that you would break down the division. I pray that they would rise above petty politics to know that our future is at stake. Oh God, let there be a spirit of humility return. We ask you, Father, to bless the churches in the land. Bless every pastor. Bless every 
church member today. I pray, Lord, that our church here at Trinity Life, that we'd come back strong over the next many weeks. And Lord, as we break ground, that there'd be a great divine excitement, a desire coming as a tree of life. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this service. What a privilege, Father. I ask you to let the word of God that we have proclaimed today, let this seed fall upon good soil. Let it bring righteousness in each of us this day. Now, church, may God's grace and mercy be with you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, and may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.